0: Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, to help you become a master of the mental game, and to help you start dominating the day. This is Brian Gain, your peak performance and mental conditioning coach. And with me here today is Eric Backich, head baseball coach at the University of Michigan. And Eric, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule here in the middle of your season to sit down and talk with us about peak performance and mental conditioning as it relates to baseball. Oh, well, my pleasure. Anytime. Eric, could you give the listeners a little bit of your background from, you know, growing up in the San Jose area and going out to Across the country to East Carolina to play college baseball, and then kind of your tree until you how you got up to the University of Michigan as head baseball coach.
1: Sure, I was uh, undersized, undertooled, uh, one of those guys that always had to fight, scratch, kick, and claw uh, to play with the big boys. And I didn't get very many scholarship offers out of high school, so I had to take the junior college route. Went to San Jose City College. Lived at home, rode my bike to school. Was a financial aid guy, um, and got an opportunity uh, to develop number one, uh, but then to realize a dream come true, and that was play Division One baseball after two years of junior college, and uh, developed enough to where I had some opportunities to stay in California with some uh, name programs that everyone would recognize, but. Had a unique opportunity to go play at East Carolina University for a coach by the name of Keith LeClair, who had just taken over and was putting together his very first recruiting class. And uh, something about his style and the things that he talked about in building a program and the words that he used, I gravitated to because I felt very connected to because I felt like he was talking about me. He said things like aggressive and blue collar and competitive and toughness and I just thought those were all attributes of how I played the game and I thought it was a terrific fit to go play for a coach that had the similar values to what uh, the type of player that I was and the type of program and players that I wanted to surround myself with. So I took the road less traveled and left California and went all the way across the country to Greenville, North Carolina to play for Keith LeClaire and the East Carolina Pirates and Got there in the fall of 98 and uh, played there for the 99 and 2000 season. Uh, had a terrific uh, experience at ECU. The winning was outstanding. We won back-to-back conference champions championships. We were number one seeds in regionals both years, finished in the top 25 in 1999, uh, beat some of the... National heavyweights like LSU and Miami and different programs. Uh, But the relationships and the experience and the friendships and the life-lasting experience that I had there is what is priceless for me. Uh, Five of my groomsmen were my college teammates when I got married years later. Uh, I changed my major from business management to exercise science after spending one semester with Keith LeClaire because I knew I wanted to do what he did, not because I was dying to be a coach, but because I wanted to positively impact the lives of student athletes and baseball players in the way that he positively impacted my life and the lives of my teammates. And I thought, what, what a great opportunity, what a lifestyle to have. It's not a job, but a lifestyle and I wanted to do that and uh, <clears throat> didn't know it at the time going out there and leaving California and going to a junior college and then going to East Carolina. didn't know that I would be getting into uh, coaching in a coaching tree, but it was by far the best move I'd ever made uh, because in playing at East Carolina, I then got to be a part of a coaching tree that Keith LeClaire was a part of himself not only as a player, but as a coach, uh, which extends all the way to Jack Leggett, the head coach at Clemson, and Coach LeClaire put in a good word for me to be the volunteer coach at Clemson University with Coach Leggett in the fall of 2001 for the 2002 season, and I got very lucky to be at the right place at the right time and have that opportunity at 20. Four years old, uh, because it it allowed my coaching career to get fast tracked a little bit because I got surrounded by three of the very best coaches in college baseball: in Jack Leggett, the head coach at Clemson; Tim Corbin, the recruiting coordinator at Clemson at the time, the now head coach at Vanderbilt University; and Kevin O'Sullivan, the pitching coach at Clemson at the time, now the head coach at the University of Florida and my uh, opportunities as a coach uh, took off after that season. uh, Coach Corbin asked me to join his staff when he got the head coaching job at Vanderbilt in the summer of 2002 which I gladly accepted and helped him build a program at Vanderbilt from nothing. Uh, They had just built a stadium but didn't have a winning tradition. Didn't have a, uh, a history of success. Hadn't been to the postseason in 22 years. Hadn't made their conference tournament in eight years. And uh, we experienced a lot of success in a short amount of time by establishing a lot of those covenants that, in in core values that Coach LeClaire talked about at ECU, which I saw on display at Clemson. Uh, then we're able to put in action at Vanderbilt, and helped build that program uh, under Coach Corbin's guidance into what it is now. And uh, from there, uh, from Vanderbilt, after an assistant coaching career of seven years at Vanderbilt, I got the opportunity to become the head coach at the University of Maryland, which I went, which I gladly accepted. And, did that for 3 years and now have this opportunity at the University of Michigan where we're in our first season.
0: Awesome. And talk about some of the things, you know, the characteristics that haven't had a chance to be around, you know, LeClaire, you mentioned sort of that that blue-collar aggressive mentality. Are there other characteristics from having been with Jack Leggett, Tim Corbin, Kevin O'Sullivan that you see that you've also adopted?
1: Well, yeah, the, just the coaching the fundamentals of coaching, um, you know those those core values that I mentioned of, of aggressive and and toughness and those are those are the those are the attributes you want in your players and you want of your team and you want of your program. But you know, co- learning the ins and outs of, of how to be a successful coach, uh, whether it be recruiting or motivating players to be, become the best they can be or making a commitment to player development, those guys at, in our staff at Clemson were the very best at that. And I learned everything I know about recruiting from Coach Corbin. He's the most organized person on planet Earth, uh, and his skills uh, and his routine on a daily basis is second to none. And he gets an incredible amount of full amount of things accomplished in one day. Uh, his industriousness and, and efficiency is off the charts, uh, but it all gets back to him having a plan, being prepared and being extremely organized in executing his vision on a daily basis. Um, Sully, Kevin O'Sullivan, is extreme passion and intensity And he's very organized and detailed as well, Um, but just seeing his passion for recruiting, his passion for developing his pitching staff, on display every single day—you know what I what I learned from all of those guys and Coach Leggett with his hands-on approach to coaching—is I learned that coaching is a lifestyle with these guys. It's not a job. It's something that all of their families were actively engaged with. It's not something that they went to their work and then their wives uh, were, were not a part of it. Their wives were absolutely involved within the program. They knew all the players. The players knew them. There was a high level of interaction. Um, so it was a, very much a, a family atmosphere. And the players thrived in it, the coaches thrived in it. It allowed the coaches to be very good at their jobs. Uh, if you want to call it a job uh, which it's not to those guys and to myself uh, but it allowed them to be very good at what they do and those three guys right there were uh, that was the some of the best some of the best uh, the the best experience I could have had to be around those guys on a daily basis for that year uh, and just seeing how you do it the right way from three future Hall of Famers uh, and taking a little a piece of, uh, of each of them while still implementing the system of that coaching tree. Uh, so that was, that was extremely important. And then each year the goal is to just make the system 1% better and tweak it uh, to fit the needs of the individual program.
0: You, know, you talked about coaching not being a job, but being a lifestyle. One of the things I've heard you say, and, and having known you now since 2006 and seen you do, is really make a conscious effort to find better balance between the career of coaching and now the career of being a dad and a husband. And one of the things you've mentioned is, is double energy. What are some things that you do, Eric, to help you find that balance and that commitment to excellence both at the office and at the house
1: well it's tough it's not easy and that's that's one thing that you know i think coaches understand it, it's it, it is an absolute grind to have double energy but it's something that's extremely critical in order to make sure you're investing as much time and energy into your marriage and into being a father as as you do into the players that you coach and the and the Uh, your career as a coach and and, uh, the position you have um, in running a program. Uh, But again, it gets back to a daily routine and it includes waking up at a certain time every single day and knowing exactly what you want to get accomplished so that you can plan out in your day One of the big things for my family is I try to have one meal with my family per day, whether that's um, coming home and having breakfast with them, them coming and meeting me out for lunch, or being able to get enough things accomplished uh, to where I can have dinner with them. And that's something that we try to do. We don't always do it. It doesn't always happen. There's circumstances that come up that it doesn't, it doesn't work out, but the effort is there on a daily basis to invest quality time uh, with my wife and my two sons. And fortunately for us, we live close enough to campus and that was a big priority for us to live as close as possible to campus so that the transit time of getting home and being able to see the family and the family see me is very easy and be that on game day or be that on a typical practice day or an off day just make it very convenient and easy to see them but there has to be a daily plan of action where I'll talk with my wife either either the night before or the morning of and we'll just kind of I'll give her the details of my day and what I've got going on and if we can work out time where uh, we can. I can see the kids and, and, and we can get together for lunch or she knows I'm going to be home for dinner at 8 o'clock and I can get home early for an 8 o'clock dinner, then then that's great and we'll try to do that. Um, the other thing my wife is, and I have started to implement just this year for the first time is a date night where one night per week she and I will go out and get something to eat or just have quality time just the two of us and uh, that's something that's been that's been invaluable because it's it's as you go through the grind of each day uh, those opportunities become few and far between if you let them and those 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 moments where you get to just not have you know the kids um needing your attention or any other distractions but just being able to invest quality time with your wife i think is is huge so we try to do that once a week and um she tries to bring our son to each game to uh as many days here as possible and fortunately i've got a son who loves to hit in the cages and loves baseball and is really passionate about it so it makes it even easier and um it's hard. It's really hard, but we give it our best effort, and we try to be extremely organized so that we can spend as much time together as we can, while investing uh, a lot of hours into the baseball program as well.
0: I think one of the things that screams loud when I get the chance to come in, you know, every four or five months, or every you know, and see what you're doing in your programs is just the development and the evolvement of what you guys were doing with the mental game whether it was at Maryland when you took over there or now here at Michigan just in year 1 you know what is the mental game to you eric
1: the mental game to me is uh, is all about routine and it's all about consistency and it's all about having the very best of the best of high school players coming into a college program who have never experienced adversity and never experienced much failure or they wouldn't be at the level they're at. And all of a sudden they are completely out of their comfort zone with being acclimated, getting acclimated to school, to academics, to living on their own, and now to baseball that's moving way faster than what they're used to, and trying to balance all of that with a social with a social life and having friendships and relationships and it's really difficult to do and what i see with teams who don't commit to the mental game is a lot of younger players players who are experiencing this adversity for the first time don't know how to handle it in the mental game the common denominator in the mental game is always going to revolve around confidence and getting these baseball players to be as confident as possible and the routine Allows them to have consistency. That consistency allows them to achieve some level of success. And when you're successful, it's very easy to be confident. But a lot of times with the mental game, these guys don't know what to do and have nothing to go to when they experience this adversity, failure. They're overwhelmed with whatever they've got going or the many factors they've got going in their lives and the mental game at the root of it, teaching them a daily routine, teaching them about breathing and self-talk and cue words and being positive are all tools for them to achieve that confident state of mind, to achieve consistency in their life and for them to be able, for us to help them um, be in a position where they can be successful in every single thing that they do
0: I think one aspect of your mental game program here at Michigan is that perspective building and that leadership development that you guys do whether it's a leadership meeting in the spring or, or part of your fall curriculum that you go through could you talk a little bit about your perspective building and the leadership curriculum conditioning that you guys do
1: Sure. Um, Part of our player development program is not just physical development. That's a big part of it, whether guys are going to develop physically on the baseball field and in the weight room. But the other part of our player development system, for these players to reach their maximum potential, to be the very best that they can be, it extends beyond the playing field, and it gets to uh, the type of person they are, uh, the type of student they are, And so we have to have a system in place that allows them to reach their maximum potential. And for us, that social development program, for them to be the best person that they can possibly be, we want to teach these guys about leadership, and we want to teach them how to uh, understand that they constantly are in control of their perspective or how they see the world. And... The leadership, the leadership training that we have, we do it once a week where we invest about an hour of time each week, are constant reminders in a constant growth process for these guys to continue to evolve as leaders. Leadership is a, is a skill. Leadership is something that some people are born with certain levels of, but regardless of whether you're born with a lot of leadership skills or no leadership skills, everybody can work on their leadership skills, just like everybody can work on toughness and everybody can work on confidence. And so we wanna make sure that the guys that come into this program are gonna have a chance to be better leaders coming out of our program than when they came in, regardless of the level that they came in here with. And so we focus on perspective training. What Brian Kane has taught us, the compared to what mentality. Uh, always understanding what a privilege it is to be a college baseball player always understanding how fortunate we are to be at Michigan and in even bigger picture type items like how fortunate we are just to live in a free country or how lucky we are to have our health and so we'll we'll do we'll take trips and we'll do things that build that perspective we'll go visit the VA hospital in Ann Arbor and go talk to wounded soldiers and thank them for their service and thank them for allowing us to play baseball in a free country we'll go visit the Mott Children's Hospital as often as we can and uh, go around and try to brighten the days of some of the sick kids that are in the children's hospital and the perspective it gives these guys is is they really do understand how fortunate they are to be college baseball players they understand how fortunate they are to have their health to be able to play in a free country and In a game where a lot of times situations get amplified into life or death situations, which is not what we're looking for, uh, it allows these guys to be able to relax and compete in a way where they know they're playing a kid's game, they know it's a fun game, uh, they know that they have a plan and a job to do, and they can execute their plan without making it a life or death situation, especially when they've met Soldiers who have been in life-or-death situations, when they go and talk to children in the oncology ward who are facing life-or-death situations, they know that a 3-2 count in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded might be a big deal, but it's not life-or-death. And so they can execute and relax in that situation and be the best that they can possibly be. So that's our perspective building. uh, Our leadership training... uh, covers that every single thursday as well Uh, but our program is certainly we try to make it as comprehensive as possible so that uh, each guy when we tell them that they're going to be the best person that they can possibly be and whatever their maximum potential is um, they're going to be as close to it or reach it as possible leaving this program uh, versus when they come in
0: because those who stay will be leaders and champions
1: no question. Those who stay will be champions and champions is not about winning the championship game. Champions a championship is being a championship a champion person every single day. And that has to do with giving your best effort and reaching your maximum potential every single day, making that commitment to excellence every single day and every single thing that you do.
0: I think at the foundation of, of programs, successful programs. A coach has a clear set of core values, a clear set of core covenants to create a championship culture. And it's something now, having worked with you at both Maryland and in Michigan, something that you've been able to accomplish in one year, what I've, some coaches have never been able to accomplish in terms of establishing that championship culture and those core covenants. What are the core covenants of a Eric Backett-led program?
1: Well, there's... There's always going to be the core values that are going to be part of the foundation of any program that is part of the coaching tree that I come from. And I've noticed there's, there's a lot of different words and there's synonyms, there's ways to say it. For example, this year our core values are relentless, blue-collar, confident, disciplined, and selfless. At Maryland last year, we had aggressive, blue-collar, competitive, and selfless. Uh, other teams include aggressive, toughness, um, as part of those as well, and whatever words you choose, they're all pretty si- pretty similar uh, in regards to the expectation of the program. What it is is it's a commitment to excellence and. Each team is different. Every player on the team has to know what the identity of that team is. And everybody needs to know what the core values of the program are at the same time. And when they know what the identity of each team is, what that team stands for, what the program stands for, what the identity of the program is, and know how that's applicable not only on the baseball field, in games, But in the way we practice and in the way we're students in the classroom and the way we interact in the community, then we can hold each other accountable. The players can hold each other accountable and the coaches can hold the players accountable to the behaviors of what it looks like to be part of Michigan baseball or whatever the program is. And that's extremely important because I I truly believe that all great organizations know exactly what they stand for, and everyone within that organization can articulate it. Uh, can articulate it. So, for us, you're always going to have a program that is about selfless, about putting the needs of the team above your own. There's always going to be an element of either aggressive or relentless that. On the attack, no fear, no quit. Uh, always giving a hundred percent in everything you do. There's always going to be an element of blue collar, uh, where you appreciate everything you have, but work like you have nothing. There's always going to be an element of toughness. There's always going to be an element ele- element of discipline, uh, where. You do what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, how it's supposed to be done. And there's always going to be an element of confidence, because confidence, again, is the root and the common denominator in the mental game, and the mental game will always be a huge part of our program.
0: Eric, what I'd like to do here is something different than I've done in any interview that I've ever done before. It's kind of to go speed round, and I'm just going to throw some terms at you and have you... Just fire back what that term means to you or how you might use that term in your program. So, for example, if I said National Anthem, you'd give me your 30-second soundbite on the National Anthem or 30-second or to one-minute soundbite in on the National Anthem. So we'll have a little, little ping-pong here. So okay. speed round. All right, let's like do speed
1: it. Dating. Let me get my mind right.
0: All right, you ready to go? I'm ready. National Anthem.
1: Patriotic. Standing in a way that honors the men and women that represent our country and those who protect our freedom. Taking two minutes to stand with a disciplined approach in silence, in uniform, in unison, the same way with a harmony and a synchrony that is different than the other team and anyone else that's doing it. Compared to what? Perspective building. Opportunity to be a part of a program, opportunity to play college baseball. How lucky are you to have this opportunity in front of you? Perspective poster. Compared to what? Perspective poster and compared to what are exactly the same. Images and people and events that reinforce how fortunate you are to have your health, to play baseball in a free country, and to let you know that you are lucky to be where you are and have the opportunities that you have.
0: Concentration
1: grids. Focus, intensity, pressure, speed, time, being able to lock in for 90 seconds as quick as you can, getting your mind... To focus one number at a time. Breathing. Relaxation. Focus. Getting your energy channeled so that you can perform. Process. Process is a word we use all the time. Process. Process is having me stumped right now. Process is... (laughs) (laughs) Process is not about the results. Process is about a daily commitment to excellence. Process is something we do on a daily basis. When we refer to it's about the process, we refer to every single day making a commitment to get better.
0: How fast? That fast. Life skills.
1: Something these baseball players, we have them for three to four years between 18 to 22 years old. And in that four-year, three-to-four-year window, we're going to try to teach them everything we can to make them successful in every area of their life as a husband, as a father, as a career person, as a business owner, as a CEO, or anything that they can take with them for the rest of their life.
0: Compound effect.
1: Daily routine, doing the little things every day, making a commitment to excellence on a daily basis that doesn't produce huge results that particular day but when compounded every day will have huge results in the long term make your bed a small task attention to detail a little thing that will have a big impact part of a uh, part of a routine that allows you to be organized on task and one of the first things you do in the morning recruiting The lifeblood of every championship college program. Reading. Commitment to reading every single night, if not every night, most nights of the week. Goal, read one book per week. Rather reading the book or listening to an audio book. Knowledge, fuel, brain power. Reading is like lifting for your brain. Omaha, destination,
0: peak performance journal,
1: daily routine commitment to excellence,
0: measurement,
1: equals motivation,
0: nutrition,
1: commitment to excellence on a daily basis, 70-80% to 80% of the results of what you get come from what you put in your body, not what you do to your body, feed the machine.
0: Team 147.
1: Relentless, blue-collar, confident, disciplined, selfless, 36th Big Ten Championship in 2013. Legacy. The lasting effect that you leave on people, on places, on a program, what is your legacy?
0: Servant leadership.
1: Putting the needs of the team and other people ahead of your own. A servant leader does that.
0: Pat Tillman.
1: My, one of my two heroes, one of my main features on, on my perspective poster, but not about me, Pat Tillman, is one of the most selfless warriors to ever walk this earth and is an inspiration to everyone who knows his story. The toughest, most badass human I have ever read about and ever known.
0: Eric, I appreciate you being willing to do anything to give back to the game of baseball and take the time to sit down and talk about your program, your commitment to excellence, coaching excellence in the mental game of baseball. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit briancain.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And sign up for my Monday message, where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox, videos, interviews, articles, tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through my website on our contact us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports.